Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of this ship. Captain? Mayor? I don't know. He's the vice mayor of the ship uh, and first mate. Uh, also a Thunderstick. One and only Justin Friedman. What are you wearing? Uh, this is in honor of Black History Month. I'm wearing okay. a tremendous hoodie from my friend Big E. Uh, he has a cartoon series called Our Heroes Rock that's coming out. And uh, a lot of the characters featured on here are hip important historical figures wow. uh, in the black community. Like Lorraine uh, Hansberry is uh, the playwright that wrote Raisin in the Sun. Uh, I have first, no idea what that is. Yeah. There, see, like, there's there tends to be uh, important figures in, that a lot of people know, but then there are stories that don't really get told well. So uh, they have a cartoon coming out soon about that, and I'm that proud to support cool. it. Uh, it's the course. most substantive answer I've ever received when asking what you were wearing. Yeah, you well, I mean, I know you really wanted your it. normal nonsensical stuff, but this is it's Black <laughs> History Month, Jesse. Every every month on this show is Black History Month, just like every week is Shark Week uh, and every day is Earth Day. What does that mean? <laughs> it means give people their flowers now. Don't wait until a special day or month to celebrate it. Give people their uh, their flowers when they deserve it at any and all times. Don't wait for someone's birthday to tell them you love them. Tell them, tell them you love them now. Uh, of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and uh, unfortunately, it might be getting a little harder to watch Major League Baseball games going forward into 2023, even though streaming services and things are kind of expanding sports and making it easier to watch them on the go or wherever you're at, or if you're a cord cutter, you can still get your sports, but uh, YouTube TV is dropping MLB Network from its basic plan because the two sides couldn't reach an agreement. Uh, this seems, I don't know, a little silly because I don't feel like MLB Network really moves the needle that much, but they do have games that people could yeah. watch. And if you're a YouTube uh, TV subscriber, I'm sure this isn't great news for you if you're a baseball fan. Yeah, I mean, I think in order to want MLB Network, you really do have to be kind of a diehard yeah. baseball fan. Yeah. I don't know if it has, you know, incredible mass appeal uh, similar with, you know, like NBA TV. I was going to say NFL um, Network. I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people yeah. like NFL, but I'm not. I don't know when the last time I tuned in. You have NFL to be network. a pretty crazy diehard yeah. in order to tune into those networks. So I don't think this is necessarily a huge deal. Uh, personally, I, of course, wanted to make sure that uh, my streaming service had MLB Network, but I I cover baseball for it's a kind living. Of important so for you, it's a little yeah. bit more yeah. important for me than, than maybe it is for the average person. And I will also say that. In the offseason, MLB Network, you're not going to find a lot of live programming. You're going to find a lot of, you know, playing Major League 10 yeah. times over in the offseason, right? Which I've now seen that movie and now utterly respect <laughs> that, of course. Uh, but yeah, in the offseason, there's not necessarily a whole lot of content there. During the season, it is a lot of fun to watch. Well, we've seen the different ways that baseball is trying to move into other, you know, kind of subscription services, Apple TV had a few games that people were yeah. up in arms about last year. Even Very though, up in arms. Very even though arms. it was free, you didn't even have to be an Apple TV subscriber in order to watch those. This just comes at a time where things are getting, uh, it, like, it feels like watching MLB is getting on thin ice, right? Because we have this thing with the regional sports networks with uh, the Diamond Sports Group pending bankruptcy, which is supposed to happen this month. It's like weird. It's like they have to miss a payment. And then yeah. they go, yeah, like it's like we're waiting for them essentially to miss their next payment of money owed. But uh, I mean, in, in this time isn't great. Uh, we, we think that obviously regional sports networks aren't going anywhere. And we know that this will probably be resolved. But it kind of feels like Bally Sports was doomed from the beginning. Um, it's starting to feel yeah. like it just a little bit. There's some warning signs that we've seen now, now that information has come out about this television deal. Uh, first of all, the first warning sign was that Sinclair Broadcasting purposefully created the Diamond Sports Group simply to purchase this deal from Disney, to purchase the Fox Sports 
network channels, the regional sports network channels from Disney. Um, that right there is a red flag. Like when you needed to kind of make a new company under your umbrella so that you could stay arm's length away right. from the situation should it go bad. But I feel like to me, the other red flag is Disney selling Fox Sports Network at all, right? They acquired 21st Century Fox. Yeah. They get the Fox Sports Networks as part of that package. And then part of it is that they're going to sell that portion off. But Disney owns ESPN. Disney could have easily had ESPN Arizona, ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN, wherever these route Valley sports regional networks are, ESPN could have been the the name of those networks and it could have just been an ESPN regional yeah. local. And honestly, Disney could have kind of revived ESPN as being a name that you think of when you want to watch sports. I, I don't really know outside of Monday Night Football or a couple of other instances where I really think about tuning into ESPN to actually watch a game. This could have changed that, right? And I mean... Potentially. Right. So why wouldn't Disney do that? Because they saw what a goddamn debt clusterfuck that Fox Sports Networks was in. <laughs> they were in a debt and it wasn't working. And honestly, that was before unforeseen circumstances and, and variables came into play, like the pandemic. And, yeah, you know, that Valley was a, Sports, a big factor for sure. Right. You know, um, the, the debt obviously is something that uh, Sinclair took on. But more importantly now, Sinclair... Uh, didn't have the money to purchase uh, these Fox Sports Networks outright, so they financed a great portion of the $10 billion plus that they purchased <laughs> it for. Uh, they financed $8.2 billion of it, right? So um, it just, this is the reason why they're kind of in the situation it is. And the wildest part is it really feels like they kind of knew that this was a potential, you know, huge risk taking on these regional sports networks like this. Yeah. I mean, as someone who just financed a significant amount of money in order to buy a house, right? Uh, the amount of money I financed to buy a house feels like a ton of money to me. It's suffocating, but it, but It'll it's kind of, it's kind of comforting to know that the Sinclair broadcasting group took out a loan of $8.2 <laughs> billion. Uh, that's, that's another level. It's another level of financing. Uh, and the yeah. uh, the payment that you mentioned earlier that they're missing in February is for 140 million dollars. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, per, I wonder if if that would fly with my mortgage. Like, could I just <laughs> could I just miss a payment of, of 100, 140 million yeah, dollars? I could buy a nice house yeah. if I could miss a payment that big. My god! Um, I mean, but, let's 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 not forget the difference between one million seconds and one billion seconds yes, is 12 days go. to 31 years. That's so much money that they took out. 8.4 billion. It's an insane amount of money. Uh, one thing that is important to note, um, and, and a lot of what we'll talk about here is from a, a new article from Fangraphs, which is very well done, kind of lays out it's a lot fantastic. of this information. Yeah. Uh, the author on this is Ben Clemens. He did a really outstanding job just kind of laying this all out there in a way that's maybe a little bit more understandable than some of the more businessy websites out there that are writing about this. Uh, but something that's important to understand is that apparently the business model behind Diamond Sports Group and and the Bally Sports Network of regional sports networks that carry so many games across America, the business model in theory works. The amount of money that teams are paying uh, in order to have these games broadcast and the amount of money that they um, that they spend, right? The amount of money that the Bally Sports these Bally Sports networks are spending, it actually works. The math works. The problem is that when uh, this purchase was initially made a few years ago, as you talked about. They financed so much money uh, of that. That upfront purchase price was $10.6 billion. Um, there was a billion put up by investors. There was $1.4 billion put up by Sinclair itself. They financed the other 8.2. So that's a lot of financing and it's a lot of money in interest that they're yeah. that they're losing. Yeah. Um, and so the problem was not like, oh, the amount of money that we're getting from teams isn't enough to cover our expenses. The problem is, we can't we can't make these crazy interest payments on this absurd upfront cost that we paid. And so that's why there's still some hope that's for it. the future with this business model. That's it. It's a, it's absolutely not uh, it's more of the way that they structured it and the financial debt that they're in more than the fact that this isn't making money. They purchased this on the idea that this, you know, revenue was going to be on an upward trajectory over the next 20 years. Yeah. And unfortunately due to the pandemic and poor performing ad revenue, uh, they, they, they don't have the, the amount of money. A matter of fact, they've lost $1.5 billion so far. Billion, once again, with a B. Uh, and like, to like what Jesse was saying about a house, 
the best way you can compare this is to buy a house that you can't really afford, right? Or even come close to affording. You don't even have a good enough payment for a down payment on it. You maybe you can put down 5% and then you're going to finance the rest. However, even then the payments are too high for you to do your traditional 30 year mortgage that's interest and principal. Now you're trying to get yourself into something that they had at one time for mortgages, like an interest only mortgage, where for 10 years, all you're paying as your monthly payment is the interest and not a dime towards principal. And at the end of the 10 years, a balloon payment comes due and now you owe your entire mortgage or you have to refinance it at that point. The idea of doing that, much like with what Sinclair did with this purchase, is that down the road, you're going to be in a better financial position than you are now. Down the road in 10 years, you're going to be able to afford that interest and principal payment once you have to kind of refinance it. But they don't they can't you know it their performance their the performance of the networks hasn't improved their financial position enough for it to look like they can get themselves out of the the mess that they're in essentially yeah the metaphor from the Fangraphs article was perfect from ben clemens he said if you have a car wash business that makes a thousand dollars of a profit each year and business declines by 50 percent, you're still making 500 dollars in profit but if you owe $530 in interest payments every year, thanks to some debt you took out on that business, yeah. now you're suddenly in the red $30 because your business is only making $500. So right. you just pair that uh, with everything that they've kind of put in. DSG's parent company, Sinclair, put in roughly $2.5 billion and got back $1 billion. So they took a $1.5 billion loss. And like, here's the other thing to me. This is, and this is something that has kind of been fascinating to me since the beginning the bally name yeah right like bally, bally is a casino well, company it basically now it is but it originally started like in my childhood of being a company that made pinball machines uh they made like very very popular pinball machines in the 70s and 80s i believe they eventually became midway games that make stuff like rampage and mortal Kombat and stuff eventually like that kind of made it's, its own it's way wild right but then <laughs> now they now they are basically people perceive bally now as being in the business of carrying like regional sports games right. when they don't it's literally just yeah. naming rights that they are paying they're paying sinclair they're paying for to, to have put their, their name to put their name on right exactly which is wild because here's the thing if you want something to be popular you want to connect it with a brand that people see positively and I'm not saying that gamblers or people that go to casinos or hotels or travel or whatever might not see the 18 hotels and casinos across the country that Bally has in, in, a, in a popular mindset. But if you are over 35 years old, chances are at one point you had your fucking credit ruined by a company called Bally Total Fitness. You remember Bally Total Fitness. They had us come in for that free day of working out. And the next thing you know, you're in a fucking room with some guy named Bingham who wants to like (laughs) basically get you to sign your life away on a two-year contract to coming and working out at a place that you know you have no intention on coming to work out every day. Uh, And of course, that's the part that blows my mind back is like, that the Bally name is something that has a positive enough, like established, you yeah. know, name that you would want that to be. I think most people, to your sports most people are just confused. Honestly, I don't, I don't they think the majority are. of sports fans understand what Bally actually is, and that they're just paying for the for the rights to have their name on all these sports networks. What would be a what would be a better brand in your mind? A better like, like the idea. What's the ideal brand? Well, to put going, on going back earlier, I think if they were ESPN networks like that right there is something that, again, the okay, the, okay, know, that, fair enough. But, but, but what about like a corporation that wanted to, yeah, slap, that its wanted name to on slap its name on it? Yeah. Oh, man. Ta- Taco Bell Sports Arizona. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, Uber Lyft, uh, maybe one of those companies. I don't know. The, the Uber Sports Network. That sounds kind of cool right there. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I, I think that once you start getting into that, I, I will say Bally, because like you said, the confusion, it makes it sound right, right? Like Bally sports doesn't necessarily sound like it is yeah. the same as the the Coca-Cola sports network that you know is obviously some sort of sponsor name being slapped onto you know, the network. And it, I think it limits confusion on people if it was a different sponsor, figuring out that it's a sports network, right? But yeah. it's still really weird to me because of, you know, pay, of, of basically getting paid by a company with, I mean, fairly negative uh, connections, connotations for some people, uh, that, at least for me, uh, that, that, you know, you wouldn't really want it uh, to have any connection 
to your regional sports networks. However, money talks in the end, right? So if you can find somebody that's going to pay you the most money uh, to have their name as a part of your company, I guess it makes sense to allow, you know, a, a company like that to do it more than, like I said, a company that maybe is more recognizable that would cause yeah. more confusion. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, someone asked, does YouTube TV offer Bally Sports? I guess Lee already responded to that. Yeah, they they don't. I believe I believe DirecTV Stream is the only streaming service right now that right. has that that offers uh, Bally Sports as far as as far as I'm aware. Ryan says PHN Network. That there we go. Through. Yeah, Saul. <laughs> we gotta get Saul in here. We'll figure it out. We'll get this. We've got to have a billion dollars lying around Easily. in this office somewhere. <laughs> Easily. I mean, they employ me, Jesse, so obviously they got some money, but. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I don't know, but all of this means that I, I just feel like, uh, it's getting harder and harder to watch a sport that I grew to love before I even had a team here locally due to the fact that certain teams were broadcast here in the Valley all the time, even yeah. when we didn't want to watch them. I remember a point where I would turn on WGN and there was a Cubs game on and I was like, Oh God, <laughs> come on. But I'm just saying the fact that they have, uh, they used to have baseball just so readily available made me love the game and i mean that's yeah. a big part of it if if you don't see it then you don't fall in love with it then you just kind of bypass it and you don't you know i don't know but baseball i think it's, it gets its shit together yeah i mean i don't i don't necessarily think that it's likely that um i mean one thing that could come out of this is that all of the contracts that have been signed with with all of the teams right Correct. the valley sports network um has uh, theoretically, those contracts could be ended or they could be renegotiated um, after this this bankruptcy restructuring that is pretty much inevitable goes through. Uh, we don't think those contracts will be ended. Obviously, if they were, that would be what would what uh, would the value would be, be in Bali as a network yeah, if it doesn't have the regional sports network contracts as a part of it. Exactly, it's like selling your car without the engine in it. Essentially, essentially, right? essentially yeah, you're not going to try to sell a <laughs> a you know group of regional sports networks if all the contracts with the teams have been voided. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but you could try to renegotiate with teams, which um, would mean less money for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Which could mean less money for the there Arizona could also Diamondbacks. Be delayed delays in payments to the Diamondbacks. I don't know how yeah. they. I don't know how they receive the funds from Bally's in this situation or Bally, but um, that that's a definite possibility. This bankruptcy could complicate the situation very much so for the Diamondbacks, and I don't think that that really uh, makes it any easier for a team right now that seems to be struggling in other areas financially as well, like attendance and merchandise sales and things like that right right it's not something that the diamondbacks obviously could could really afford to have happen right their tv money is is really really important to them so hopefully it doesn't come to that but as far as what to expect in in the next month or two um basically bally sports this entire network of of um uh, the entire regional sports network will will basically be turned over to the creditors yep. who put up all of the money Fidelity, prudential so, yeah. companies like that that are the actual debtors right. of, or owners of the debt, essentially. And as much debt. as we'd love to see, you know, what a oh, regional I'm, sports network run by Fidelity would, I would look see a like. Prudential, I think a, I think a bunch of like financial gurus could yeah. could you know put up a, a good show. Hey, um, they already advertise on all of the sports channels, and that's true. Is, that's so true. They might as well just take them over. But no, I mean, not good. It uh, seems like, though, and this is something that Ben said in the article, it seems like the teams that are most likely to be affected are the teams that just signed their contracts within the last few years. Yeah. Uh, the D-backs aren't one of them. They didn't sign it that long ago. They signed it back in 2015. Um, but if you look at the amount of money um, per year that the teams that just signed those deals are making versus what the D-backs uh, were making from that deal in 2015, I don't think their deal from 2015 was was way overvalued necessarily. The numbers we're seeing now are still a little bit higher than what the D-backs got in their TV deal on an annual basis. So I think their deal is probably going to be safe when it's all said and done. I, I would be somewhat surprised at the end of the day if the D-backs lose a whole bunch of revenue because of this. Um, but you never know. It's, it is possible, and it's something we're going to have to watch very closely in these next few months. Uh, well... I'll tell you this much. If uh, if you don't have some place to watch the Super Bowl from, I have a place for you, and that is Octane Raceway and Mavericks. And honestly, you probably won't even watch the game there. I mean, you could watch the game at Mavericks. They have dozens of 4K TVs, 20-foot uh, Jumbotron that they're going to be busting out for, for the big game, 5,000-square-foot restaurant, 
featuring a chef-curated menu, craft beers, and custom cocktails. All of that's going to be great. Um, but you, you, there's just too much to do. There's too much fun to be had at Mavericks and Octane Raceway for you to sit around and watch a football game. And yes, we're baseball guys. And yes, we might be throwing some shade right here at football as a sport. But come on, you know what's going to happen. You're going to lose interest halfway through. It's not your team. You're not a you're you're not a Chiefs fan. You're not an Eagles fan. By the way, I don't want to knock any of the hotels here in the Valley, but one of the two teams got the short end of the stick when it came to where they are staying. Really, uh, here in the valley. That's just in my opinion, but that's only because um, I know you. You want to you want to share? No, I want okay. I want people right. to just look into it themselves and figure <laughs> it out. But uh, one of them is much closer to Octane Raceway than the other. That's what ah, I'm saying. But uh, on Wednesdays, of course, every Wednesday is Winning Wednesday. Half price arcade games all day. Saturday and Sunday they have fifty percent off signature bowling before noon. So show up early. Get your bowling on and then watch the big game. They also have Super Bowl packages with four quarters of food feasts, all sorts of craziness. Uh, different food brought to you each quarter. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Uh, well, probably me because I can't eat that much food. Like I would be done by the first quarter. And then, of course, that's when you go on and play video games and, and race each other. But uh, enjoy the Super Bowl experience at Mavericks. Book in advance at mavericks.com slash the big game. Uh, and also, while you're there, whether you're there, whether you're on the on the go, whether you're at home watching the big game, you can hop on Underdog Fantasy and play daily fantasy sports differently with your friends. Get down on the big game with your friends on the Underdog Fantasy app. Prove who's the overdog, as Jesse would say, and win some cold, it's a word. hard cash. It's in the dictionary. I don't, still don't believe it, but whatever. Um, draft NFL players from the big game, and uh, that's it. See who can put up the most fantasy points, uh, win some money. Uh, of course, we're riding on pitch counts in 2023 for baseball, and uh, we're going to make some money. That's all we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to ride on pitch counts. We're going to make some money. Uh, and it's this easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So make sure to do that today. Uh, what if you and I did play-by-play? What if we did play by play? That's what that's what Ryan said. Jesse and the mayor with the play by play. I would be. You think, you I, think we could do that? I, I I have done commentary before, but it was for pro wrestling. Okay. Uh, and okay. I know you've done play by play work before in your past. Have you not? I, I have. Yeah. I have for so, for baseball for right. for, 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 for the actual, actual sport. sport. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So no. me me on play by play. You on color commentary? Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna. That's a winning it. combination. I, go. I really think we need to talk to Saul about this when he gets back. But, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll ask Stephen Bob. Out at the out at the ballpark, see if you know they want to go on a vacation for a weekend. I was gonna say, do you think and, uh, they would, that would? Does that like? Do you think they'd be threatened by us, or do you think that they're just kind of like uh, like would laugh at? The I, idea I wish they would be like, threatened by yeah, us. No, I don't I think know, they'd be very threatened by us. Um, you know, so, so it's easy sometimes to get threatened by the future coming up behind you on 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 your on your tail there. And uh, today's subject of our grading report cards might have that happening to him in 2023 mm. because today we're grading Carson Kelly's. 2022 season taking a look ahead at his projections for 2023 but Carson Kelly obviously he's been a big part of this team I feel like he has been a leader on this team he's kind of grown into a veteran even though it doesn't feel like he's been around that long yeah uh, but he definitely has kind of a veteran role and a leadership role on this team much like uh much like Nick Ahmed uh, Carson has been a big part of the per, you know progression for a lot of these young pitchers uh, he's been involved in there you know, and, and getting a lot of the young guys acclimated to the major league level from the minors. Uh, and we're going to take a look at some grades that we have for them. We're going to bounce around back and forth between our two report cards. Uh, and Jesse's going to give you his grade first uh, for what do we have hitting first up? Sure. I'll just I mean, they're on the screen. I'll just I'll just run through all of them real quick for the people on audio. And then we can kind of go category by category. So hit I have C minus power D plus run. I have C minus field. I have B minus. Durability, I have a C. Obviously, missed some time in the early year, and then Dog and him, I have a B. Those are my my grades for Carson. All right, Kelly. and Leah, let's take a look at my report card. I have a B minus for hit. I oh have a C gosh. for power. B minus. I have a D for run. Uh, I have a B for field. I have a D plus for durability, and I have a B uh, for Dog and him. Yeah, I have a B minus. I think that even though his uh, for hit for hit, um, and okay. let's take a look at that. What was yours again? I have C a C minus. minus for hit. I mean, the man hit 211 last year, Derek. He did hit Expl explain yourself. <laughs> uh, my, my, I, I'm questioning more of his durability with his 211 rather than I'm questioning his ability to hit. I know Carson is much better than that. And I know taking a look, as you like to do at his baseball savant numbers, that some of his numbers involving hitting are actually pretty damn good. He's in the 76, 72nd 
percentile for whiff percentage, 76th percentile for chase rate, which are both very good. I mean, his other numbers are fairly average or below average. So, I mean, that's the only reason I, I feel like yeah. a lot of it is just the fact that the man didn't get consistent playing time last year, but he still showed that he has a great approach. I feel like at the plate, he's, he's still good there. He just didn't see the results statistically. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that Carson, there are some things about his game that that are what made him actually a very good offensive player in 2019 and 2021, right? Carson Kelly's had a couple pretty darn good years Absolutely. offensively. And the reason he does that is because of what you just talked about. It's the fact that he doesn't swing and miss that much. He doesn't chase pitches out of the zone that much. His strikeout rate, even in 2022, where he had sort of a miserable offensive season, yeah. he still struck out less than the average major league player. Right. So uh, it's it's interesting how you can have a guy who walks a decent amount, doesn't strike out that often, and yet he just hits 211 and just didn't have much power. Yeah. And uh, I've tried to look closely at the numbers and figure out exactly what happened with Carson Kelly last year and, and also what happened in 2020 when he had kind of a similar year. It's It's hard to say. It's just like he just didn't, he just didn't hit the ball that hard. It's, like yeah, like when power, he was making contact, he just didn't hit the ball that yeah, hard. His average ex exit velocity was in the 25th percentile, and his yeah. hard hit percentage was in the 31st percentile, both well below average. And I think really when you look at it, his lack of home run, he had seven home runs, 35 RBI. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't what we have seen out of Carson in the past. I think that the biggest thing with Carson has been the inconsistency. I think that the 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 little spurts you see that he has where he's so good makes you truly believe that this guy, when healthy and consistent, can be one yeah. of the better players on this team, especially when it comes to batting average and and things like that. Unfortunately, it seems like he just he's had a lot of time off. He gets a lot of injuries, whether they are injuries consistent with being a catcher or in some cases even just freak injuries where you know, he's everything's rolling well and he gets hit in the hand, I believe, at one point, right? Where he, yeah, you know, so it's like cost him, cost him a while there. Yeah, he has some bad luck, especially when he gets on a roll. Yeah, I, one thing that does stand out to me is that he was on a complete tear in July. Uh, he hit 344, 403, 639 in That's July. That's the stretch that I'm talking about, so, right? Like, I do see what you're saying, yeah. where it's like if Carson Kelly stays healthy for a prolonged period of time. You kind of get the sense that he could be a pretty darn good hitter, and we have seen that in stretches in the past. Um, Baseball is just one of those frustrating sports like that where you can't stop and go, you know. Yeah. And that's the reason why last lockout we were talking about, like, hey man, even when this ends, this is going to get very complicated because you can't just start a season out of nowhere, right? Guys yeah. have to work out; they have to get in a certain shape. We knew that guys were doing that, but it's still. I mean, he was pretty slow out of the gate. Carson, March and April, he hit 102, 154, 122. Yeah. Yeah. And then in May, he hit 125, 125, 125. I don't think there's a lot of at bats there, but yeah, he was really slow out of the gate. Uh, and, and of course, there's another thing, too, that is consistent across um, uh, this team is the fact that they had a brand new hitting coach last season. They had a new. Uh, they had a new pitching coach. You know, they had, they had new coaches on this team. And I feel like it did take a little bit of time for Joe Mather and his philosophies to kind of settle in with some of these guys, especially guys that have been on the team for a while. Yeah. I also think, though, that Carson Kelly, and that's why I gave him such a poor grade for his durability, is he just he seems to kind of be like, uh, you know, just injured for one reason or another and, and did not get a lot of playing time last year. Uh, he only played in 104 games, which is still, you know what? Uh, it's, it's still it's two thirds of the season, of the season roughly. Still. Yeah. I mean, he's never had more than 365 plate appearances in a season, I think. Correct. Um, that was 2019. Which, yeah, that was 2019, probably his best year in, in the majors so far. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are some durability concerns. I don't know if that's necessarily as big of an issue at this point now that you have both him and Gabby Moreno in the fold. You're not going to ask Carson well, not, Kelly. I was going to say, go. <laughs> not, a, not a concern for the team, but might still be a concern for Carson Kelly. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That, that's, a, that's a great point. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, like in terms of, I guess what I'm saying is you don't need, you're not counting on Carson Kelly right. to have 500 plate appearances. Right. And, if, and if he's not healthy, then you have to do something crazy. Right. Like last year, the D-backs were like, oh, my gosh, we have to make Dalton Varsho a catcher again because yeah. we don't have any other great options. They had, 
you know, they had Jose Herrera who who played a lot during that that span of time as well. But and a lot of guys, a lot of the pitchers liked him right behind the plate. Yeah, but he just didn't have much to offer offensively. The but, offense was you know. was pretty rough there. Um, and and we might still see some Jose Herrera in the big leagues at some point this year. But uh, but yeah, I mean, with both him and Moreno. Uh, hopefully that gives the D-backs a, a, a chance to maybe keep both of them healthy and give both of them, you know, some some time off. I know a lot of people are excited to see Gabby Moreno play. I think all of us are excited to see Gabby Moreno play. He's going to be one of the most fun stories uh, about this team to follow all year. He's not going to be the everyday guy, though, start, starting out the season. He's just not. Um, yeah. And I think if, you know, if you're expecting Moreno, the big, big trade piece coming back for Dalton Varsho, it's going to take a while, um, but I think after a few months, you could see the D-backs transition to having him be pretty much the everyday guy and Carson Kelly filling in every now and then. I think we both feel like on opening day, though, we're going to see Carson Kelly. I'd uh, be pretty shocked if we did. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and Zips, to be honest, really likes Carson Kelly for next season. So I think that Zips projections uh, has Carson Kelly having a bounce back season. Um, going back to our report cards, Leah, just to round things up. I think there were a couple of things we didn't address. Um, fielding, Jesse has a, or is, yeah. well, well, let's let, run, run Carson Kelly. <laughs> no, no one's going to ever accuse Carson Kelly <laughs> of being fast. He I did, he both, did steal what I believe was his first professional base that's last right. year. Oh, and he was um, very excited about that. Yeah, that's what got me up to a C minus. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, Carson, <laughs> Carson Kelly stole a base. You can't possibly ding him there. Uh, no, he, he's never going to be, he's never going to bring much value in, in that sphere of the game but i i thought he was decent on the base pads as far as you know taking extra bases and whatnot it um he's had worse seasons on the bases i guess yeah um but yeah the power i have a d plus like i said earlier he just didn't he, he had his lowest uh isolated power um since coming over to the diamondbacks so 2019 and on um i believe this year his his iso was around 120 which is quite low um iso for for people who aren't familiar is the difference between your batting average and your slugging percentage basically like takes away how many hits you had and is just quantifying like how many of those hits were doubles or triples or whatnot um so that number was 120 which is pretty pretty well below the league average um the durability we talked about i have a c as far as fielding goes um i thought carson kelly had kind of a typical carson kelly year how do you feel about that part of his I, game? I feel like he did, too. I think he actually, I mean, if I'm being honest, especially looking at his uh, strike rate, it was still pretty good. Like, his framing is still good as a catcher. Yeah, these slightly things, above average framer. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, these are things that it, it's kind of hard to look at. Um, but I know that we saw him make some impressive plays, and uh, I I still feel like he's great behind the plate. I, I often wonder, you know, what... When I hear other cat catchers get praised, I wonder what it is that Carson, the difference is with Carson Kelly. I wonder yeah. you know, what the connection there is. I know that he has a relationship with some guys and then other guys, it just doesn't seem to be uh, as solid. You know, uh, you could definitely tell. I'm not saying he has a bad relationship with Madison Bumgarner, but they, they often try to put somebody else back there with Mad Bum than Carson Kelly. And I've kind of yeah. wondered a bit about that. Uh, what else? What do we have on mind here for this? Yeah, I had a B, so I had the same thing as as you. Uh, I, d I wasn't quite so kind on on the running, uh, nor do I feel like I needed to be. <laughs> no, I, uh, I yeah, I, and 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 the durability, <laughs> obviously, I I spoke about that, but uh, we both had B for dog in him. We did, we did, we agreed, yeah, we agreed on that. That's right. Where that's the most important stat, by the way, is dog <laughs> in him. Uh, and we definitely don't feel like Carson Kelly, by any stretch of the imagination, is done. And I only can I, I think that the competition with Gabriel Moreno is is only gonna uh increase his his effort, I think, at the very least, right? It's it, you gotta know that the future starting catcher is nipping at your heels and yeah. there's a good chance that he could bypass you very soon if you don't perform well. Yeah, Mike Hazen, you know, that was one of the first questions asked to to Mike once the trade happened was did you talk to Carson Kelly about this? Like what's the plan? Our initial reaction to the trade was Carson Kelly's gone, right? Yeah, we the D-backs are going to trade Carson block. Kelly. They could probably get something for him, not a ton, but they could have gotten something for him. They didn't. They decided not to go that route, right? They're coming back with Carson Kelly. Uh, there's an opportunity for Kelly to to operate in sort of a mentorship role for for Gabby Moreno, I think, um, just given how young Moreno is. And yeah. Carson Kelly is still relatively young in his own right, but he has a number of of years of experience that Moreno doesn't have. 
um, at least in in the big leagues. So I think there's an opportunity there. And and yeah, I think competition is always a good thing, right? At the end of the day. And so having Gabby Moreno come up, you don't feel like you have to pressure him into being the everyday guy from day one. Yeah. You can kind of give him a nice runway into that role that I'm sure he will get in time. And from Carson Kelly's side, it's like, yeah, this job isn't handed to you this year. Let's face it. The D-backs have handed Carson Kelly the catching job for a number of years now because he was he was the guy. He's just kind of been the guy who was there. He has a good year one year, not so good year the next year, right? Good year in 2021, not so good year in 2022. This year, he's going to have to earn more of that playing time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Was he given that opportunity because he was the centerpiece of the Goldschmidt trade? I think he was given that opportunity because he was a very highly, I mean, just very highly thought of around the game. And he was great in yeah. 2019. I mean, Carson Kelly slugged almost 500 in his first year he with was, the Diamondbacks. Over one stretch, he was hitting 320 plus. He was he was one of the better hitters in baseball for the few first few months of that year. And Luke Weaver was one of the better pitchers in baseball over the first few few months things of that year. Things weren't looking so bad at things, that point. Things at that point were like, oh man, you might Christian might've... Walker and Paul Goldschmidt had about the Christian same Christian Walker and Goldschmidt oh, were almost man, neck and neck offensively. It, uh, yeah, but eventually you, when you trade a superstar, eventually the, the you're difference. probably going to regret it. And, and, and I think the Diamondbacks no, probably did. That's absolutely a good point because it's not a matter of just being able to do it for one season. It's a matter of you yeah. traded away somebody who you knew consistently was going to be able to do it for a very long time yeah. for a couple of guys that you were hoping you might be able to get, you know, s- enough production out of that. It wouldn't make you miss that, that PG guy that we had over there at first base. <laughs> we but, can't just not going to say his name. No, I'm trying not to, but I said it <laughs> earlier and I hate myself for saying it. I don't even <laughs> want to revisit that trade anymore ever again. But uh, what I do want to do is go to more furniture. That's what I want to do. Uh, not revisit that trade anymore, but go to more furniture. Uh, and get Jesse something other than a chase lounge for his house. I don't know if you have anybody in your life that's kind of insufferable when it comes to a particular piece of furniture that they love, but this guy over here is driving <laughs> me nuts. Uh, it I, turns out chase lounges are really hard to find. They're not they're not easy to come across. And like he, in the and he's figuring out it's harder to get them upstairs than he thought they were going to. And he also, wants me to help with that. True. I'm not doing that. But you go to when I go to more furniture. They've got a lot of chase lounges yeah. there. Not only do they have a lot of chase lounges. And they have white glove delivery, white glove so you don't delivery. have to take it upstairs yep. yourself. Let them do the work. Besides, they know what they're doing. Have you ever seen furniture delivery guys like do their thing? It's impressive. It's it's, it's, it's absolutely impressive. Like, first of all, I can't believe the audacity, the unmitigated goal that I have of sitting there watching them thinking <laughs> they're not going to get that through the door. Yes, yes. Like, they knew before they even brought it up to the door that they could fit it through the door, Jesse. I oh, give up man. so easily on those things, like oh, the few pieces of old furniture that I have moved in mm-hmm. to to the new house. I'm just like, oh no, that's not gonna fit. Yeah, like, there's no way that. Yeah, there's no fit. way that that needs. I'm to go the first away now. person to call it quits in those situations. Have, so, uh, when moving, have you ever just thrown furniture out of a second story window just because you knew you weren't gonna actually take it, so it was just like trash anyway? <laughs> I helped a friend do that. Furniture, no. It was very cathartic. <laughs> let me tell you, if you ever get a chance to throw furniture out of a second story window, our place is two stories, so we do like to. Like if we have, you know, some boxes or something that we opened yes. up upstairs, then yeah. we'll just drop them down the staircase nice. because gravity is a beautiful yeah. thing yeah, and it makes great. that so much easier. Yeah. So there you, you go. Need a little I, pulley system with a bucket where you can I have it. to there tell you, you <laughs> I threw my Christmas tree off the second story, yeah. um, like not a window, but a, our staircase at our apartment complex. It's outdoors and it is February 1st and the pine needles are still on the ground. So. <laughs> They're never going away. You're going to find but them in it July. But it is therapeutic to throw things it is. off great. of balconies. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, rocks at trains. That's another thing that's therapeutic. But anyway, don't do that. <laughs> uh, go to Murrah Furniture. Get yourself some furniture. Save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to murrahfurniture.com and uh, let, let this guy know what he needs to buy. Give him suggestions. Uh what, what we suggest to you is that you buy a PHNX Die Hard membership. That way you don't miss out on any of his wonderful Die Hard pieces, like his recent article about, was it the five unlikely home runs? Five most unlikely five Diamondbacks most home runs. Five most unlikely home yeah. runs in 2022. So make sure, is it 2022? Or was it history? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I did I did touch on some like, well, you can only go back so far because the stat cast era only goes back to 2015. That's right. So exit velos and launch angles, we don't have that for that many years. But that right. I did look at, you know, like what was the hardest the hardest hit Diamondbacks home run in the stat cast era and some of 
some of those things, which was kind of fun. So they, they absolutely check, check it out. So make sure to grab yourself that membership. Not only do you get those type of articles, you also get access to our members only uh, discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. Uh, you also get a free piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com as well as uh, discounts over there, 20% off all your future purchases. So make sure to grab that today. Uh, don't miss out. And join us at our special events, which you can also get dis discounts on as well, and discounts from our partners as a diehard member. Uh, we thank you guys for being one if you already are one. We thank you guys for being here in the chat. If you haven't already subscribed to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, leave us a little thumbs up. We always love that. Thumbs up are good. Uh, Jesse, it's his favorite thing. It is. Uh, it is my favorite He also thing. loves when you leave him five-star reviews on the audio podcasting side. So make sure to subscribe to us there as well. Uh, we always appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, and remember, baseball isn't boring, according to the podcast that we're going to talk about next. But we already knew that. You guys. According to us that. as well. According yeah. to us. But uh, pitcher Rich Hill, still mad about the three different size balls reportedly used in 2022. Uh, he shared his strong opinions, very strong opinions, on the Baseballs and Boring podcast. Uh, but I, I really, it's kind of crazy to hear the thing he's saying because in any other sport, I feel like this would be an absurd conversation. Now, <laughs> other sports do have inflatable balls, so there probably is some sort of variation at times, like a football or a basketball. Obviously, as Leah can attest to, a puck is always the same size. Uh, so there's never any change to that, right? <laughs> the only change is they freeze the pucks before games. They do. Yes, they do. So, so I they guess, glide better? Yeah. So what happens during the course of the game? Does like they, they, use them? they use multiple pucks. During, yeah. yeah. When but, they melt, do they thaw out and then they put a new puck in? Is yeah, I think so. Like, don't quote me on this. But no, I do I do know for a fact that they freeze the pucks <laughs> and they not, use multiple. Well, I mean, we know about we we know about the, the humidor, or as I used to like yeah. to call him, El Humidor, that lived in left field. But... Uh, the, the humidor that they had storing the baseballs in here in Arizona. One of my favorite moments ever was hearing a one side of a Mike Hazen conversation where I think the only thing he said was, well, the other team doesn't seem to have a problem hitting the balls. And I, I just had a feeling that was related to the humidor. But mm. uh, there is one amazing thing that Rich Hill said when it comes to this. And that was this quote where he said, make one consistent fucking baseball. I don't care. I don't care if it's a ping pong, ping pong ball, which Jesse is very familiar with, <laughs> a golf ball, a Super Bowl, or whatever. Just make it consistent. Keep it consistent for the entire year and let the players know. How about that? Hey, guys, we're going to change the ball this year. We are going to use a bit of a softer ball. We're going to use a harder ball. We're going to use a disco ball, which would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, all I hear is Rich Hill coming up with some better ideas, ideas. Some great yeah. ideas on how they can change the size of the ball. Uh, we're going to change it up and try uh to see what happens he, he, nothing what he said is wrong he's absolutely right there's absolutely no reason why there should even be something called the goldilocks ball like that's crazy to me that yeah. there's a ball that's like just just right it's not too big it's not too small it's not too soft it's not too hard make the ball consistent i i like that's something that's like maddening and i completely understand mlb uh, players frustrations when it comes to this uh, especially considering like he said none of it was information passed along to them so had they been trying different balls and had they relayed that to their players then this wouldn't have been something that you had pitchers screaming about in 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 their lockers because they're the ones that fucking know they're the ones that can feel the difference in and the changes in these baseballs yeah it's it's crazy that major league baseball continues to do this and and somehow they just kind of get away with it. And it's not, people don't speak about it, right? The only reason that we know, or at least think that there were three baseballs used this last year was an in-depth study done by, I believe it was William Bradford Davis, who wrote a story on insider.com. He was working with some sort of scientist person, um, and they looked at a bunch of data and somehow determined that three balls were used. But Major League Baseball, as Rich Hill is talking about, isn't coming out and talking about any of this, right? Yeah. It's all it's all hush hush. Apparently, um, allegedly, these you know the baseballs that flew a little bit more were disproportionately used in one Yankee Stadium, um, which of course there's all sorts of controversy that comes with that too. So, especially at a certain, considering that so many of them were fanned at Yankee Stadium, where a player was trying to break a, a certain home run player record. was trying to break a certain yeah. record. Yes, so. 
Yeah, there's just a, a clear need for transparency. Uh, that's what with, it comes down. And that's all, that's all Richdale is asking for, yeah. and that's very reasonable, right? Just tell us what you are doing with the baseball so that we can make adjustments, so that we can be aware of what's happening. Nobody wins uh, with what Major League Baseball <laughs> appears to have been doing in these last few years. Well, more importantly, it's the, the controversy, controversy, the fact that there feels like there's a conspiracy going on here, yeah. uh, a specific conspiracy to try to allow for an exciting event to happen that's going to bring attention to baseball. You know, Obviously, you understand they can't fess up to it in the middle of the season or whatever, but when you have irrefutable data that shows that they're using different size balls, it's hard to say, especially when they're taking samples from the stadiums and they are like, wow, a lot of the ones from Yankee Stadium seem to be this one ball, right? Yeah. But uh, he's, he's not wrong. He's allowed to be upset about it. And which uh, one of Rich Hill's ideas do you like the most? The disco ball, the by disco far. ball, disco okay. ball by far. Yeah. <laughs> if they could throw a ball, like if I, I would love any kind of way where they had like some sort of, you know, golden ball or some ball that like, like if you hit a home run with it, it was worth three runs <laughs> instead of just one, something fucking ridiculous like that. Give it to me. I'm sure you're a fan of the ping pong ball. Right? I don't no? think a ping pong ball would fly very far. Uh, I think uh, I think you'd have to move the fences in, maybe yeah. maybe 150, 200 feet or so. Sure. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm 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 a fan of all things ping pong, Derek. So <laughs> well, I'll never I'll never say never on including that. losing to Danielle. Uh, apparently, yeah. she made apparently. me say that. By the way, she texted me and said, "Hey, get Jesse on a Zoom okay. today." All right. Yeah. All right. She texts you that most days. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, but. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if they can rectify this or if they do something next season that maybe admits to this in some way. Maybe they do come out and say they're changing the ball to this 115 gram size ball, whatever the case may be. But just make it consistent baseball. I mean, that's the real thing here. Your ball is a ball that's manufactured. I still can't fucking believe this is even a thing because I've talked about how at one point ESPN had this on SportsCenter crazy conspiracy theory where they were talking about how Rawlings was changing uh, the leather and they were actively going to the farmers that they got the leather from to make the leather different. And that was why in the late 90s we had this big home run race. <laughs> it's funny to think back upon that now. But still, <laughs> it's something that they talked about back then as, as something that could change the game. And obviously it is something that could change the game because – you know, even if it's even if it's the lack of consistency, it feels like it is a disadvantage to pitchers to not know which ball you're going to get thrown back to you by an umpire or by your catcher, you know, after an exchange. Yeah. Wiffle anyway. ball. Ryan says wiffle ball. We, do, Let's we want, go. do we want the wiffle ball? I still want multi ball, but that's just a Futurama. Do we want the, the, the blitz ball? Is blitz that what ball. it's called? Yeah, blitz ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah blitz I ball. Love, Let's do I a blitz love ball. The blitz ball. Yes. They yes. should, like, maybe as part of the All Star festivities, they should just play a yes. game with the blitz ball. Yes. Because, like, seeing what. Just use it in the All Star game itself. <laughs> just, yeah, there you go. It doesn't count for anything now, right? Might right. as well. Yeah, it doesn't count. Uh, I mean, just, like, seeing what what Garrett Cole does with an actual baseball, like what could Garrett Cole oh do with God. a blitz ball? I, I, I'd be, love to find out. Incredible. I would love to find out. Uh, if you guys want to play blitz ball, make sure to check out the John boy is the one that does it the best, right? John yeah. Boy with their blitz yeah. ball coverage, check them out. Uh, but you can also just drink a bunch of four peaks brewing company beers. And then whatever baseball you play after that is blitz ball technically, but make sure to check out their wonderful array of beers. You can get them, Wherever you get your beers locally, they are a local Valley company, and we are all about supporting that kind of action, boss. Uh, check out their Recreational Juice Dank IPA as well as their Staycation Super Juicy IPA. The Dank, uh, no longer available in kegs at their 8th Street Pub, sadly. Uh, but you can watch the Super Bowl down there. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. Enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the game or enjoy it at Four Peaks. Go down to their A Street Pub and catch the game there as well. So many places for you to go, especially, you know, the one thing I hear from sports fans is like, I, I tend to not have somebody that watches this thing, right? Like, I'm a baseball fan, but none of my friends are. Or, I mean, Super Bowl, that's a little different. Everybody kind of gets into that. But never, never uh, underestimate the power of going to some place like Four Peaks or joining us for one of our watch parties somewhere. Uh, and, and find some new friends because I feel like we've done an excellent job about that here in the community. And I know uh, some of you guys have become uh, my friends. That's the truth. Uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Mark. Shout, shout out to Charles Woodall Pike. All of you guys. I appreciate uh, always finding new friends. And, of course, people that love Arizona sports as much as I do. Uh, and, guys, uh, people that can get down on the Game Time app, by the way, and save some money. Fellow procrastinators like me. Uh, Jesse 
will tell you it's the most aesthetically pleasing app. And he's not wrong. It's beautiful. Uh, and you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. And make sure to get your tickets to all sorts of upcoming events. Uh, I, I dare you to hop on Super Bowl Sunday on the Game Time app and see if you can save 60%. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you can. I don't Wait, know. Okay, I need to bring something up because... Crazier things have happened. So I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Okay. And he just announced a tour. He's oh, coming here in Mayer. April. Yeah. And the pre-sale is today which i can i can't i don't have the code but i could see in the background where it tells me like your code is wrong but i can see the prices sure and the prices are so expensive so like i was planning to buy tickets this week and i was like yeah i'll just wait until the week of you're, and you're I'm, not, I'm literally gonna buy them go. on game time that week you're not wrong and i mean it's kind of like uh even that wrestling show that we went to at mullet arena which absolutely was an incredible venue uh, for a professional wrestling show uh, i I had friends that picked up tickets for $10 the day of, and I think the their tickets weren't very expensive in the first place. They were like $25, but still, uh, game time. It's, it's going to save you some money. just basic economics, man. It really is. You like, got to get rid you, of those tickets. If you wait till the, if you, if you buy early, then nobody knows how many tickets are going to no be sold, right? Like, sold they, we don't know what's, well, you know what's going on, but uh, on the day of, then Taylor all of a sudden, Swift. A lot of people get desperate. That's they right. can't. They can't go, and then right. they put their tickets on. And, there, and I there you told go. you guys about that. Don't be one of those people that buys tickets for an event that then you find out six months later that you can't go to. I can't buy tickets to Pink at Chase Field just yet. I have no idea what I'll be doing at that point. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Don't forget that. I don't mean to get morbid here before the end, but live each day to its fullest. It's the same. <laughs> reason why we say each week is shark week here and every day is earth day so make sure uh to live your life to the fullest every single day but uh un until we do this thing again you can follow us on twitter i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k jesse is at jesse and friedman our show is at phnx underscore dbacks but of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook i sure hope the apocalypse you're talking about waits until after pitchers and catchers report you think we can count on that? I, no, we can't. Okay. We can't. We okay. can't count. We can't count on. What did I say? I said tomorrow is not promised, Jesse. That's the, it. Means what it means. Okay. We can't um, just have the next two weeks promise. I don't know. That, I don't know. It okay. makes planning for your financial future very difficult. So maybe this. <laughs> see, maybe Sinclair Broadcasting was living life by the tomorrow is not promised. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That explains it. It, it all it makes really sense does. now. It really does. It That's all why they around. financed eight point two billion dollars. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We get That's it. That's right. They just wanted to own it for a little. A while but anyway <laughs> uh we thank you guys again on behalf of leah jesse and myself we always appreciate you joining us here uh in the live chat watching the show afterwards or downloading it and listening it to it as an audio podcast we thank you guys so much uh and appreciate your time and remember kids baseball is fun but it's so much more fun when you don't finance 8.2 billion dollars to broadcast games